I'm going to enjoy my chamomile tea out of my Star-Lord mug. Chamomile? Is your throat okay? Well, since I talk a lot, I want to make sure I'm I'm taking take, care of take my... Take care of your voice. My, That's right. It's, the golden, it's my instrument. The golden pipes, yeah. It's my instrument. <laughs> um, all right. Welcome to the Nerd Trek Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We are here talking about uh, this side of paradise. This is episode 24 of the first season of the original series. Uh, original air date, March 2nd, 1967. Um, thanks for joining us. I'm Jeff, uh, here with David. Hey, guys. And Phil. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this one. Um, so do we want to do read those reviews since David is like forcing us to do this? We oh, did get oh. a couple Apple reviews. Mailbag. Um, mailbag. Um, I may or may not know the people who wrote these, so I don't know if they're like a little biased, but we can read them. Do you have it out, David? I am. Give me two seconds. Uh, see, you're the IT guy and you're not on top of it. I, I can get it in three, three seconds. One second? I wasn't saying anything. Anyways, um, so yeah, while he pulls that up, um, where's I going with this? I don't know where I was going with this. Oh, so we're getting ready for Picard. Um, I just picked up the comic book, the like the bridge, um, or mm. like I'm not thinking about this, the right word. It's it's kind of the the introduction to the Picard series, but it's in comic book, so it's it's it was, it's definitely a good read. Um, with it, I also picked up a, a a book called the the Q Conflict, which is really really good too. If you're into any kind of Trek or even comic books, um, the Star Trek has a good line of comic books. This one is essentially Q is in a fight with other godlike creatures, so it's like Trelane and the Metrons from Arena and some other ones. And but he pulls in it's it's a massive crossover of like every Trek crew, and it I totally nerded out on it. So uh, go pick it so up awesome. if you guys want to read it. All right, yeah. I think Dave's ready. Yes. We don't so have to read them have, all. Just <clears throat> we have fit. a few. Um, <laughs> one says a good balance of fun and nerd trivia. Nerd Trek podcast does a great job of making fun, honest observations about the episodes they discuss, while also providing the interesting backstory and tidbits that give context to the time when these shows were actually being made. The smattering of D and D and Star Wars references also warms my heart. So thank you, Ricky Val, for that one because that. that mm-hmm. It was very good. Um, Jedi Sila says <laughs> meditation for nerds, but fun. I tried to think of another word to describe this other than meditation, but for me, that's what it is. Listening to you guys wax poetic about their Star Trek fandom centers me even when I have no clue what they're talking about. I've only <laughs> watched two of the 15 episodes reviewed so far and only because their reviews prompted me to do so. I'm a Star Wars fan primarily. Thank you. <laughs> and I prefer DS9 to all other series, but I'm a fan of thoughtful fandom, and this podcast delivers solidly solidly on that front. Keep trekking, guys, and may the force be with you. Wink. Aww. Awesome. <laughs> DS9 cool. fan, Just... so in like three and a half years, we'll be there. Yeah, We can. We can. Um, uh, are there any Jeff other good is... ones? Or... Jeff's sister says, Oh, Jeff David oh, no, again? storylines of TOS and a blow by blow sprinkled with humor, interesting tidbits and various sci-fi tangents. They unabashedly let their Trekkie freak flags fly. Their recaps <laughs> to the Star Trek lore and stereotypes to remind you of the stories that address social justice, sexism and human connections. Keep it up, gentlemen. All right. That's good. We don't right. we're not going to blow smoke up our own asses because uh, oh. this is too late. The fire department's <laughs> on the way. Let's 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 be honest. This is a slightly controlled dumpster fire. Slightly controlled. Slightly. Just slightly, slightly. controlled. 
um, there is a whisper of of uh, knowing what what we're doing, but we don't. I don't know. Right. All right. Um, okay. The what? We're good at faking it. We're, fake it till you make it. That's that's what I do. Uh, all right. This side of paradise. Um, Phil, prelim thoughts on this one? Um, I I'm a fan <laughs> of the DC Fontana episodes. Yeah. So other, I don't. I still have mixed feelings about Spock love interest kind of things. They're all but hippies, the, man. the way DC handled it was pretty good. Um, the whole thing with the crazy spores, that's a whole nother story, but <laughs> that's okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Probably the most interesting thing to come out of this was the scene towards the end. And when we get there, I'll talk more about it. Um, but the empty bridge scene was actually used mm. again. And yes. we'll talk we'll talk about that when we get there. I know what you're talking about, but yeah. I Okay, there yes. we go. See. You can yeah. bring that up. I, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, uh so yeah, uh it, it's uh above average ish episode okay. for me, just because it's a DC Fontana and I'm a big fan of hers. So yeah. yeah. All right. Fair enough. David. I liked this one. Uh it was a little bit better than average, probably about a six on the Devo meter. Um, it had its weirdnesses and stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely mm-hmm. horny Spock and spores. That is definitely the alternate title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like weird imagery like mm-hmm. going into this one. So, all right. Um, but this, I mean, this trope of, I guess you could call it a trope. It hasn't been used that much, but the idea of like a plant altering people's mental states and such, obviously based on, you know, like dropping acid and other drugs and stuff like that. But off the top of my head, I know they used this in an episode of Smallville where it like sent people into like wild rages, acted like they were drunk. Um, there's a couple others where it's done that kind of stuff. I, I don't know off the top of my head at the moment, but. Uh, it was neat to see it, you know, again, it's kind of neat to see kind of the grand, not the granddaddy of them all. I'm sure it probably got it from somewhere too, but to kind of see where it most likely originated from. Um, it also seems like they are on the Transformers planet of Omicron. Omicron City <laughs> 3. Oh, I was thinking the uh, Paramount backlot in Santa Barbara, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> oh, it probably is. I don't know, anything uh, with, with Kron at the end, Omicron, yeah. that totally sounds like a Transformer. Omicron SETI, SETI Alpha 5. Okay. Um, yeah, this was, yeah, normally I'm a big fan of DC Fontana too. She does good stuff. Um, I don't, I, uh, this was a hard one for me because I, I, I'm not a big fan of the like, let's all get, you know, we're all hippies and, and, um, which I mean, not the hippie part. <laughs> I like hippies, but just peace the love, man, peace and love. Uh, just the whole like, oh, we're going to alter everybody so that it's peace and love and let's just be an, like the whole altered kind of plot. I don't know. I mean, Naked Time did that, but I, I kind of that was more of a virus, which I kind of liked. And I don't but I do like the aspects of this where it's the plants and it's kind of this alien thing and they're trying to take over. But it's just it was very, you know, it's the 60s. It's very kind of hippie. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it didn't really go anywhere. Well, I felt that like it sense. had to kind of stem out of that. Like, I th- there had to be people back then that were like, "Oh, these hippies and the communes and stuff." Like, they're brainwashing people to go out and mm. do this and live this mm-hmm. way. So, Jim Jones. I bet stuff, you this was yeah. a little yeah. bit, yeah, a little bit of how they viewed it from the outside of like, probably yeah, just mm-hmm. just get them pissed, they'll come right back or something. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I 
I don't know. I, I like the way it was done. It was interesting, but I'm just, I think that kind of plot in general, I'm not a huge fan of because there's no problem. I like ones where there's a problem, like bounce of terror. Like there's a, there's a, a strategy and a plot or even, um, we just did, um, uh, taste of Armageddon. Like there, there's a plot to it. This one's just kind of like we stumbled into something and now we kind of have to fix it. And I was like, all right, but I mean, I don't know. It's a weird one for me. Well, they like do because their their whole episode? thing is they have this colony, but they haven't heard from anybody in forever. They don't know what's happened, so they have to go investigate. So right. it's not like yeah. they were just driving by and we're like, "What's going on here?" Damn hippies well, and mean, smoke coming out of their their mm-hmm. van. That is that is pretty much the plot of just about every Star Trek episode. Is like we were flying by, and then there was this thing, and we were on our way to here, and then we found this thing, and there's this the problem, thing. and now we have to solve it. Well, at least they you had know. orders though to be there, so yeah. it wasn't just yeah. Just the... Sometimes they're under orders, sometimes they're not. What's the 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 term uh, Peter B. Parker uses in uh, the the multiverse? He's like, "There's always a gizmo. There's always a what you call it? Yeah, mm-hmm. there's always a thing. There's always a yeah, thing. There's always a device. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. like Star Trek. There's always a thing they they got to mm-hmm. go do. All right. So all right, let's get into this one. Um, oh, I'm sorry. At the end of our last episode, we did I think count one death. Um, we did we, we update did. the totals. What we did, total? and we didn't say it during the last episode, but it is, we, we are now at, we have evened out, we have 44 crew, 44 that are not crew, and four hmm. red shirts for a total of 93 dead, which doesn't seem to add up. Hold on, 88 plus it should be 88 plus 92. Math. <laughs> it's like, it math, bitches. Math. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so but yes, so we are now at an even number of crew and not crew having been killed, uh, if we don't count the red shirts. So there's four red shirts, and they're just kind of, they're kind of the sprinkles on top of the whipped cream, you know? Like, <laughs> they're like a, a death Sunday. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So we're at that. So let's get into this one. Um, this side gonna of the That's going to be my new metal band. Death Sunday, <laughs> <laughs> but not S U N D A Y. It's S, yeah. It's, it's like felt like an ice cream Sunday from the A. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a mix of sugar pop and death metal. Hey, I fully oh, support pretty. that. Yes, I can get behind that. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing! All right, um, so this side of paradise. Okay, so the uh, the Enterprise arrives at the planet Omicron City Three. Um, a a colon or a, a group of colonists were going out there to their farmers. They were going to like terraform it and live there, um, but they discover that this planet is bombarded by uh, Berthold rays. Berthold rays, which are. I honestly don't know. I don't know, but like, we never. It's just kind of like with the Hulk, where gamma radiation is a thing; it just doesn't behave at all like they make it seem like it behaves. I don't know. It's probably just a thing for the um, thing. Anyways, so they say that. So the thing with these these rays is that they're they're deadly. I think you can survive for maybe a few minutes, but they but they are deadly. So they're so the Enterprise is going there, basically thinking that the crew uh, that this crew is dead, and they're going to have to like. Uh, Clean up a mess, essentially. So I so, found one other reference to Berthold Rays. <laughs> and it was in a TNG episode in Deja Q, the Calamarian, uh, Calamarian yeah. probe that shot out a whole bunch of other emissions. Uh, okay. One of those was Berthold Rays as well. Apparently, but, too, there is a man named Berthold Ray in the 1940 census on Ancestry. Oh, just after <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then. Uh, is Deja Q the one where he loses his, his powers? Is that Deja Q? I always mix the Q ones up. Uh, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, and, so no, and Q, Q has to wear that horrible jumpsuit, and he's <laughs> like that gray with green. He's oh like, God, these are not great. my colors. <laughs> They're not. All right, cool. All right, so um, the crew beams down. It's Kirk, Spock, McCoy, Sulu, DeSalle, and Kilowitz. Yay for DeSalle. Someone actually yeah, comes usual, back. plus a couple, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because I remember DeSalle from uh, Gothos. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> so they beam down. They discover there's like this nice little farm town. It's probably on some lot up here or in Santa Barbara or something. But it's like a very it kind of like farmhouse. Not what they, they called it. I was going to say, Paramount Ranch looked like that, which is mm. sad because it burned down. It burned down a few years ago. Oh, that's right. It, got, it was in the fires, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Which fire? <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fires. We just refer to them as one giant entity at this point. <laughs> the fire. We're just constantly. Yeah. We're either on fire or flooding. The ongoing yeah. burning in occurring in Southern so. California. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So they, they beam down. Everything looks fine. Um, and they're surprised to find that um, Elias Sandoval, who is leading this group, uh, they're not dead. He's perfectly fine. So dun dun dun, something's up. Uh, does a captain's <laughs> log. He says, um, our mission, we were expecting in an unhappy one, but we expect to find no survivors. Um, but apparently our information was wrong. So everybody's fine. And they're farming and everything's great. So they get a nice little tour um, from Sandoval. And of course, Sandoval's daughter's there. And oh, of course she is. Of course. Surprise, Sorry. surprise. She's, she's a hot daughter. Of course. Uh, the farmer's daughter. Um, so surprise, <laughs> surprise. She's not flirting with Kirk. She actually is an uh, old acquaintance of Spock's, um, which is interesting. Um, okay. So they get a tour. Sandoval says everything's fine. Um you know, they're like, oh, how did you survive these birth hole rays? Why aren't you dying? Um, but everybody's fine. They just kind of, they kind of sidestep the question every time, too. He's like, how come, how did you survive? And they're like, oh, you focus on an important things. And I'm like, hmm, mm-hmm. you wanting to make sure I'm not about to die would be an important thing to me. Like, yeah. yeah. And I like people on Unicron are alive to begin with is like a big deal. So. Yeah, just them that that they existed is fine. Um, I did like McCoy has a good line. He goes, he goes on pure speculation, just an, an educated guess. I'd say that this man is alive, alive. Like, yeah. The sarcasm yeah, level that he can get to, just, he ratches it right up to ten. Is amazing. So he's, like, well, he's like, he's like, doctor, do, I think he's alive. Well, at least they like, and they do kind of cover other options. Like they've seen a few things. So they're like, well, you shook his hand. He's warm. He's got a pulse. Like they kind of do the rundown now where they're like, we've seen some things. So here's our checklist of how it seems like they're actually living. (laughs) And it's something that I've seen them start doing in comic books more, more often in the last like 20 years too. something weird to pop up. And they're like, is it robots? Is it clones? Is it like, they're starting to run down what are now the usual suspects. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's like in supernatural when they, they discover some new monster and they go, okay, werewolf. No vampire. No. Mm -hmm. Uh, what is it? No. They're like, okay, it's gotta be spirit. Nothing. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) No. Yeah. Gotta do the full rundown. Exactly. Yep. All right. So, okay. So they're, that's essentially what they're getting. Um, the plot is a little, not, well, I don't want to say thin, but okay. So they do, um, minimal. Yeah. yeah it's minimal. So yeah. Spock encounters, uh, Layla Kalami or maybe, no, wait, is she the daughter or is she just an acquaintance? Maybe I the, think she maybe might just be another daughter. colonist. I just made that up. It's not his daughter. All right. So she, she uh, she's a botanist. She met, uh, Spock on earth six years ago. She loved him. Um, obviously he cannot return that love. Um, so did, any, did anybody else hum the, uh, farmers only.com theme when you heard that? 
You don't have to be. I'm like, oh, okay. No. Why do you know that? Talk, how'd you hook up with this? Yeah. Hmm. Somebody watches a lot of commercials. <laughs> Apparently. Get stuck in your head. It does. Can't um, get it out of this brain. <laughs> all right. So they, we see that they, again, he gives a Kirk and McCoy a tour. He says, you know, everything's great here. Uh, we're in harmony, complete peace. Everything's super cool. And they also have livestock. They have cows, pigs, you know, horses. And they're like, none of this should, should be here. Um, I think at this point too, they, McCoy gives him a, uh, a quick like physical. And he says like, you know, there should be scar tissue. There should be something. And, and they even say, oh, Sandoval on record had um, an appendix removed. And he goes, no, his appendix is there now. Like, mm-hmm. it it medically should not be there, but he does yeah. have one. So I have, a, I have a question to pose to the group. So they said there's no cows, pigs, horses, and dogs. That's a given. But they didn't really indicate why. Do you think it's because the it's radiation the rays radiation. killed them and yeah. the spores don't work on them? Or yeah. is it because they became such hippie people, they were vegetarians, like they said, and they just let them go? No, the radiation killed all the living tissue. From yeah. The okay, yeah, except for, so the, the spores only work on humans? I guess. I would assume so, but why waste them um, on animals? They don't have feelings like that well, to where they could... All, it, I guess, but they're all over the place. You'd think they would have been exposed. Well, to okay. Before I get before I get hate mail, animals have feelings, but it's <laughs> but not. not. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they, well, no, but they you know what I mean. Cry in even pain. If, yeah. Even if the people didn't take them over and expose them to the spores, some of them would have crossed paths with this stuff out in the wilderness. So it's kind of like it either the spores don't work on them at all, or the people. Well, but there's no indigenous them. animals <laughs> either. Right, yeah. this planet only there's only plants yeah, on the planet. There's no indigenous life. Yeah. Well, is another reason why cows, pigs, horses, and dogs would have probably done well. Well, at least I'm sorry, not dogs because those are carnivorous, but cows, pigs, and horses that eat vegetation. Yeah, they just eat the grasses and stuff. Yeah. If they weren't mm-hmm. killed by the radiation, so it has to be either the radiation all or the hippies let them go and they're just not anywhere near them. Like they kind of just let them run free. Well, they made it pretty clear that the radiation would kill living tissue and everything. So that's that's kind of probably that. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I'm going with. Spores just don't work on them. Otherwise, the dogs would have been nearby or something, right? Like, probably. I don't know, man. Uh, okay, so they do that. So they're looking around. Um, Layla talks to Sandoval, and and Sandoval says, "Oh, wouldn't uh, be great if Spock stayed." And she says, "There's no choice. He will stay." Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, and we get a good look too. It's like Sulu's walking around and he goes, Oh, I don't know anything about farming. Um, if it was even two feet in, in front of my face and two feet in, in front of his face is this like a plant that we're going <laughs> to see shoots out these spores and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but he's the one so, who notices that there's no animals. Like it's well, funny. He says like, I wouldn't even know. And then he notices something. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uh, okay, so um, outside Spock is with Layla. They're kind of walking around. And he wants to look at some of the plants. She takes him up to one of the plants, and basically, it like it just—I'm just gonna say it, it like essentially ejaculates on him. It just spreads these spores. <laughs> it's like the, the, the like I was a, wondering who was gonna say it first. <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking saying it, but it, it just it it blows its spores all over him, yeah, and. The second it, it it happens, he becomes like a hippie. He's like, oh, he's, you know, this euphoric peace, love, everything's great. But what we, we find, though, is that, like, these spores are 
what keep you alive. They either deter or they adapt to your body so that you don't get killed by these these rays. So it's a good thing. So you basically have to be spored in order to live on this, <laughs> this planet. Is that what we call it now, huh? Yeah, you're going to get spored. You're going to get spored. Spored. Um, so Spock gets spored, and then he... Uh, Spock gets spored, and then he he, he uh, kisses he Layla. So. super painful. Well, at first he goes through a lot of pain, and she's like, that's not how it was for us. And he's like, ah! And then he kind of... You see it like kind of take him over, and then he comes back up, and he's like, oh... I yeah, I was so wondering if I was wondering if that, that if that pain he went through, I was wondering if that was like his body being healed, because they said how everybody was in such perfect health. Oh, well, and he lost that. Maybe wonder, Yeah, whatever was going, whatever had been wrong with him, or whatever had been fixed. Yeah, but maybe for that's instance, a good observation. Like, later, well, later when McCoy gets hit, you, they talked about how his tonsils were removed and he mm-hmm. grew them back. Like yeah. he didn't go through any pain either. I think it's just because he's half human, half Vulcan. There's now he snores really bad at night because his tonsils are back. So that's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought it was kind of more of like a Vulcan thing. Like it's because he's Vulcan, maybe it, it had to adapt differently to him. I don't know. That's kind of what, yeah. what I went with. I can't imagine why you'd think that just because they said it in every other episode. He's, half, he's Vulcan? half Vulcan? So that's what? always the reason for what? everything. If it affects him, he's half human. If it doesn't affect him, he's half Vulcan. That's just how they, that's how they <laughs> do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, wrong. so... Convenient storytelling. Hey. Yeah. Um, okay, so Kirk calls Spock. They're trying to get a hold of him, and he, he's not answering, and eventually they find him, like, hanging on a tree, and then he says, like, they get in contact with him, he says, I'm, he's like, no, no, Jim, I'm not going to come because I don't want to. So they're like, <laughs> Well, that's not Spock. Something's all fucked yeah. up. And they keep well, that, was moment. that was a great moment when they zoom in and he's like hanging from a tree laughing. Even I was like, the planet uh-huh. broke Spock. Like, <laughs> it broke Spock. <laughs> Shattered him. Spock is malfunctioning. Just, he needs to be rebooted. Yeah, just, turn him off and turn him back on again, please. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Um, so we do start to see that people are starting to get spored. Um, Sulu, Kelowitz, all these other people. So they start to turn into hippies. Poor Sulu. Yeah. Between naked time and then archons, like he just gets like mind controlled out like all the time, man. No tomorrow. The force has a strong has a strong ability on the weak minded. (laughs) Poor Sulu, but he can but he can pilot the shit that out of anything. Oh yeah. Uh, All right, so um, exactly. What I did like too is that so basically the entire away team gets spored when when McCoy gets uh, turned. So we we kind of get the vibe he is from the south. The second he gets turned, he's like a good old boy. Oh, he ratchets, he ratchets that right up to ten. Oh like, yeah, yeah, where does this, where did this McCoy come from? Yeah, he's like I'm making a mint julep. I need my ingredients. Like he goes old school, like Foghorn Leghorn. I yeah, I thought he was gonna talk about his recipe with the original twenty herbs and spices or whatever. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like he, he lays it on thick, man. Like whoa, Which, Which, how did we get the colonel up in here? <laughs> they do show like they they show that Kirk is quote unquote unaffected, and he even says later like I don't know why. And my theory is that he it's kind of the Hulk. He's just always angry. Like he always has kind of this burning <laughs> anger below him, yeah. so this like wouldn't cut through his emotions or whatever. Maybe. Well, yeah. So yeah, Kirk does get spored, um, and he kind of shakes it off. He's like, I don't know what that was, but I'm fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he goes up to the ship, but apparently a McCoy had ordered about a hundred plants beamed up as well. So everyone's 
like been spored the entire thing and he's he's by himself um yep. he orders yeah, they all... oh sorry well no so he he orders um uhura to contact the um starfleet and she under the influence she leaves the bridge beams down and she's like nope i'm not doing it either blah blah blah, blah. um and so and he's he's all by himself like he's just running this shit by himself okay well, and this is where, where I, this... I bumped yeah. really hard on this yeah okay. me too <laughs> i was like wait she admitted to sabotaging the communication system and she's not going to the brig what well, well he's okay, so like, can't do it himself see what's oh funny yeah he could I'm, he could walk their ass down to the brig my problem was the flip side of that of like okay so the plant makes you all peace love and harmony but why would it make people like cut off all of the communications to the outside and want to travel down to the planet there's there's definitely the mind control element there yeah there has has to be some kind of thing there but they didn't really indicate that before on the planet like they just everybody's happy and it's peace and we're in harmony Mm -hmm. and all this stuff and i what i expected was once they sport everybody on the ship that everybody on the ship was just going to be an extension of this colony peace love, no they do my job mm-hmm. kind of thing. i think they need to be them on the planet or they need to be there for some reason someone yeah. the plants have a motive so ahura like she cuts off communications to everything except for the ship to planet so she these things are able to control her to a finite degree yeah where she's cutting off everything except for like them talking to the surface and that right. was the part where I was kind of like, like that's convenient. Like that's mm-hmm. that's not how highly it. convenient. And I know that it's sci-fi, but I'm like, that's not how any biological works. No, no. Well, if you um, go back, except for that wasp that like mind controls the spider. But have you guys ever heard of that? Uh, no. There's... Anyways, <laughs> oh. there's this wasp that like injects its young into the spider and then makes the spider dig its lair in its nest before it dies and like the wasps it's it's gross and nasty but it's really pretty cool it's like the only mind control i've ever seen in nature that's wow it creates like okay. a zombie out of this other creature but sorry, go ahead <laughs> okay um on that note. all right on that note, <laughs> oh, this is a weird episode um all right so kirk's True. by himself but he beams back down to the planet because he wants to try and figure out what's going on um this is where he gets more. I think he gets like sport again, maybe, or so he's no, looking no, no. around and then Spock's he like, no, sport. this is a true Eden. And, uh, and, he gets and everything's sport before he goes back. Doesn't he? He gets sport. He has that whole moment on well, it's after everybody leaves. He has that whole moment on the ship, on the bridge where everything's empty. And he's like, well, that's, that's after even this with automatic controls. No, anyways, oh. stop. <laughs> <laughs> um no so okay so he goes down again he kind of sees everyone's turn is like nothing like he's completely screwed so now he goes back up um and this uh-huh. is where we get the great shot of the the bridge is completely deserted phil okay. this is my segue into your, your thing. oh okay i thought you were gonna keep going so i could just hit it up again yeah no, so it, this this empty scene or this this empty shot of the bridge was will be used in a TNG episode called Relics, I where Mister where Mister Scott he's kind of reminiscing about the good old days and stuff, and uh, it's a great story. And he takes he goes to the uh, holodeck on the Enterprise and brings up the TNG the original Enterprise bridge, and this is the shot that was used. Um, they green screened it so that they didn't have to rebuild the entire set. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have had all this, the entire set had been mothballed and they couldn't find it. Some of it had been damaged. 
Um, so they green screened it, and this was the shot they used. I think it's one of the only shots that shows an empty bridge, and yeah. it was the best one they could find. So yeah, it's Scotty like, it's like and, and Picard green screen talking on the bridge of the Enterprise. Yeah. How could the set not be intact? It's only been like a decade since they'd used it. <laughs> right? Sometimes they store it. Sometimes they actually didn't didn't it get turned into or it went on tour like to the Smithsonian or something? Or yeah, I think it's been restored now. Mm. But in ninety, let's see, it would have been ninety two, I guess, when that episode was filmed. Yeah, it was like season. It, it had oh, been. Okay. It was season five or so. Six. Yeah, like twenty, like almost like almost thirty years. years. Yeah. Right. So. So the, the cost it would have been, it was easier to green screen it than the cost of either building a new enterprise set or refurbishing the old damage set yeah mm, makes sense oh. yeah cool all right so yeah so he gets back up um yeah kirk is essentially alone he everyone's beamed down to to the planet he is by himself on the ship and he doesn't know what to do um so he makes a couple more captain's logs of kind of explaining this he you know talks about how quiet it is blah blah blah, blah. and i think this is finally what he does get sport again um, and he yeah. starts and he's to turn on the bridge, like yeah. a direct hit. Yeah, right like to starts face. to turn. Yeah, full facial. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So he kind of turns, and this is he goes down to the transporter console. Um. But then he kind of, or no, sorry, sorry. He goes to his quarters, and he starts to like. Isn't he gonna take some stuff down? Like he's getting like souvenirs. Yeah, he wants to pack a few things yeah, to take down. Yeah, he's packing a couple yeah. things, yeah. That's what it is. And yeah, he he tells Spock he's, he's going to come down or something too. But he finally goes down to uh, the transporter console and he kind of just turns back to himself. He well, gets, he gets like, pissed. He's like, I can't leave. And, but it's funny yeah. though because no one else has that amount of control. I mean, he's been spored like two or three times and he didn't turn. Once he finally turns, he can turn himself back. Um, well, it's not so much that he can turn himself back. I think he's the only one who had that strong of a feeling about well, leaving the ship. So yeah, he has that much emotional him. connection to the Enterprise that he was able to get angry enough ship. to overcome the influence of the spore. That's why so, I think when he originally got hit, it was like a, a splash hit, and he's just always kind of super emotional and pissed so off. focused, and, yeah. Like yeah. under the under the broom of everything, that's why he didn't get affected in the first place. For once, I actually have like an explanation for something they did on this show. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the same one I came to. Yeah, his yeah. connection to the Enterprise yeah. is so strong. Yeah, yeah, no, that that, that makes sense. So okay. he comes back to himself. Um, he calls down to Spock because he's like, "Well, shit, I gotta." You know, so he he comes to the realization that like strong emotions are what kind of knock you out of this, um, mm-hmm. out of your bad trip. So he calls Spock up, but he he knows <laughs> that. Trip, man. Sorry, um, but he knows that Spock is also stronger than him. He's like one of the strongest crew members because he's he's Vulcan. So Which he is the put... first time I think we've had them bring that up at all. They've they've mentioned that Vulcans, when they have emotional reactions, are extreme, but they didn't mm-hmm. say anything about them being physically stronger than humans. They are. Um, it's I, been sure brought up a couple of times in past episodes, but it's it's not really harped on. It's kind of an impasse. I have in the ones we've watched, I've not seen it come up anywhere. But um, all right. So yeah, so he beams him up, and of course, the second he beams up, um, he starts just uh, uh, 
mouthing off to Spock. And this is when he apparently the the go-to insult for Spock is to call him like a half-breed. He calls him a mutinous, disloyal, computerized half-breed. And Spock starts to get angry and then Kirk, you know, hits him and then he hits him back. And then this is when um you know you finally see that he does he does turn. Um oh he's, he's, <laughs> yeah, and he calls him a freak. And he's like, "How can they love you?" And he's like, "Oh, you should be in the circus next to the dog face boy." And like, he just rips into him, man. Um, he does a pretty he, good job of laying into him. I was like, Ooh. "Oh yeah," he throws him against the wall and like <laughs> mm-hmm. beats the shit of him beat almost. The crap well, no, I mean out of the him. verbally, yeah. but yeah, he does beat the crap out of him after that. But I mean verbally, like he did a pretty good job in considering it's something where you can't use any curse words at all. I was like, it's a pretty yeah. good job of insulting him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so he, so Spock is saved. Spock comes out of this haze and then they decide to create some, a subsonic transmitter that will induce anger and in, intense emotions. So they're going to like use a microwave for feelings. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling microwaves. Um, so Layla beams up to, to find out what's happened to Spock to say that she can't lose him again. Spock says, you know, he's got a responsibility to a ship and blah, 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 blah. Um, she gets upset and that she's also lost the spores because she's upset. Yeah. So yeah. So Mm -hmm. she gets upset. So she comes out of it as well. Um, admits the feelings to him, but then, and that she still loves him, but he can't because he's a Vulcan. So they activate the transmitter fights, break out. Um, everyone's fine. Now they come out of it. Um, Sandoval, you know, be sad about it. But they can't stay on the planet because the only thing that was keeping them there was the spores, was making them immune to to the rates. I was a little sad because I thought for sure we'd add some to the kill tracker on this one. Like, if you piss off everybody on the planet, nobody murders each other? Really? Like, Mm -hmm. hey, kill off a minor character, kill a red shirt, somebody, like... Something. Come on, guys. (laughs) It's not a terrible plan, but I'm like, it's also (laughs) not a very controlled one. So (laughs) Yeah. Not very precise. This is definitely Uh, broad strokes. Right. Uh, Yeah, so they convert everyone back. They go, okay, well, we can't stay here. We have to go back. So they're going to take him to Starbase 27. Um, And this is we kind of get this back and forth with uh, McCoy and Kirk. McCoy says, oh, it's the second time humans have been thrown out of paradise. Kirk says, well, at least this time we we walked out on our own. We walked Um, out on our own. Yeah. And then Spock just kind of realizes that he doesn't have any more time with Layla and um, and that was it. And then he realizes that's the only time he's ever been happy was with Sad her. Tear. Yeah. Well, just not just with her, but like under the influence of this mind altering drug was the only time he was ever happily. Basically, I was like, oh, yeah. Right. So it's like, this is of, what it takes to get you happy. Oh, man. Kind of a kind of a tragic thing to give him. Like, <laughs> uh, well, and two is because we don't know a lot of backstory about Spock in which we don't get until more episodes and then the movies TNG and his relationship with Sarek and then even into discovery, we get more of that as well. So there's a lot of history we yeah. don't know yet. Um, and yeah. his struggle with always being half human, half. Yeah. Open. Once you get the full backs. <laughs> you okay. The what? <laughs> once you get the full backstory. Um, no, down. so, so <laughs> what he's saying is once you get the full backstory, it makes a lot more spark. sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, the, the impact is a lot more. It's like, Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, they, they flesh all that out and such. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially season two of Discovery. That's a lot of Spock in that one. So. Well, so this, it's one of those things. Like I never, like I said, I never watched TOS really, but I saw other Vulcan characters or half Vulcan characters in other seasons of stuff. I know there was one in Voyager, and 
No, Tuvok um, is a full Vulcan. To Paul's a full, full Vulcan, Vulcan. In, in Enterprise. Okay. But yeah, and then so when you watch the J.J. Abrams movies, all of a sudden Ahura and Spock were having this relationship, and I was like, like even as a casual Star Trek fan who hadn't seen everything, I was like, this doesn't feel right. Yeah, because we have like yeah. uh, Balana Torres and stuff who are like half, but they're at Klingon. It's Klingon human. Well, so was that the fact that he decided to add that relationship, J.J. Abrams, into those movies? Was that based on anything in in TOS, or is that just an add-on that he decided to make? I, I think he just kind of added it. I mean, there's I think some you just fly by the seat of your pants thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some flirting maybe like in man or Charlie X when remember they're singing and playing in the, yeah. the rec room. Mm-hmm. I think there's that, but I, and I, I never read any of the, of those older books. Um, the personalities of them didn't make me go, Oh, this could never happen. It just, I was like, now that we're watching through TOS, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I wonder if we're going to find like why that was in there. He likes her as absolutely no playing skills. Evidence. Yeah. Well, but it's an alternate timeline too, so maybe their personalities are a bit different or things change, but I mean, but Sarek was given shit through a lot of this because he married a human. Mhm. You know. Yep. So, um okay, uh, so th- that's essentially how the episode ends. Um Spock is just sad all the time now. Just super sad Spock. He's super sad. Um he's Grumpy he's cat, basically. Like like an emo Spock. Uh, that's how the episode ends <laughs> with his hair, like swept to the side, <laughs> bangs it down his eyes, <laughs> like a <laughs> Spider-Man three. He's going to yeah. do, do a dance. Oh no. Uh, no, don't go there. <laughs> uh, uh, um, but that's it. That's this side of paradise. Um, no one dies. Um, yeah. So I, this is becoming an annoying trend. Dang it. So, cause like I said at the beginning for me, I, uh, it was interesting, at least more the spores had a plan and it did. This is how you lived on the planet, but I don't just the whole mind control kind of hippie thing. I was like, this is getting old now because yeah. I'm sure that they're going to do it again. So it, it, just, it, yeah. it, it was okay for me. Uh, Dave, what do you think? Wrap uh, it up. Yeah, like I, like I said, about six point oh on the Dave meter. I, I liked this one, but it wasn't my favorite favorite. Um, okay. It was okay. I enjoyed it. Yeah. it. Like I said, it started. A, 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 it was the precursor to other shows that have done stuff like this, but it wasn't. It's not such a common trope that it was like whoa, but it was neat to see where it probably started. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Mm-hmm. Phil, it, yeah, it's not the last time it comes up. So, oh yeah, yeah. I, it's um, yeah, I, it's a whatever <laughs> thing. We're looking through the notes for the show. Uh, it's not the Paramount law, uh, the farm or the ranch that it was filmed at. It was actually at Malibu state park, mm. uh, is where they filmed the wide open, like meadowy kind oh, of scenes yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. Sure that also burned recently, yeah. Uh, <laughs> in the planet of the apes. Uh, it's also, uh, the same location that they used and it's been used for other things like gun smoke and other shows and whatnot. Oh, so, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Uh, but it's nice to have something, something a little different. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty no, sure no, that, that part of Malibu State Park has burned recently too. So the same thing. Everything's been burned. <laughs> True. Everything's yeah. burned under. Yeah, but I know but, there was yeah. one in Malibu that ripped through those hills. So, um, yeah. so overall for me, I guess the episode was just I, I just cannot get over Spock love interest thing. It's so weird. I, but, I, I, I want to say part of it was probably just because he was such a fan favorite and they're like, let's give him a love interest. Like, cause he's, you know, people like Spock, but I'm like, it just doesn't work with him. And then you almost kind of have to make him sort of a hippie drug to have a love interest. Cause normal Spock wouldn't. 
Yeah, I mean, it. and originally, um, Jerry Soule wrote the first draft of this before DC Fontana took it over. And it was actually supposed to be Sulu who was infected mm-hmm. by the spores and fell in love with Layla. So mm-hmm. it's like, eh, okay, that's I could see that w- maybe more than, but. Yeah, that's a big character change. Yeah, that that would be huge for him. So mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, but that's kind of it. I don't know if I said it at the beginning. This was, this aired March 2nd, 1967. I don't know why I don't remember if I said that or not, but who knows? Um, but yeah, that's kind of it for me on that one. Um, it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? We're all kind of meh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Man, that's how it goes sometimes. Not Mm -hmm. bad. Not not great. I got you. It's not shore leave. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay. Well, yeah, that's this side of paradise. Um, cool. That was episode 24. Yeah. Coming up after this one, uh, the devil in the dark. Isn't this the, the cave monster thing? Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, the weird, the, the Horda thing. The, yeah. yeah, yeah, the Horda. He like mine knows it. a rock or a thing. That's what this is. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> okay. Oh boy, the Horda that's weird. coming up. I can't okay. wait to watch that bullshit. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not that. Oh, uh, judgy already. I like it. <laughs> I know he is a little judgy. Yeah, I'm channeling my inner Phil. Yep. Well, I think that's it. Any any other cool fun Trek stuff? Anything? Nothing. I got cool? nothing. Nothing. Uh, All right, Picard, that's it. I Picard think we're pretty out, out, so we're in a holding pattern yeah. until Picard comes out. I know. I know. I, I think I'm gonna have to just get the CBS access to watch that and Discovery and. Oh, they did say uh, recently that Star Trek Four is being made. Hey. Of the Kelvin timeline. The Kelvin. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so, what did you guys think of Star Trek Beyond? As Trekkies, because I'm curious. Because I. I have separated those movies in my head to the point where I don't even pretend they exist. So uh, I enjoy them for what they are. Yeah. And I, and I totally don't even think about them when thinking about timeline stuff. It's just, it's, yeah, to me, it's a, it's a separate thing. And I, and I don't want to be like a purist because I, I don't want to be like a dick. But to me, but, I but I but I I do agree with Phil. You you kind of have to separate them out because they're their own. They're it's they're their own little world. They just are, yeah. and that's so how that they being, were created. If you try and that integrate, being said, I didn't right. I didn't ask if you guys separate them out. I asked what you thought of it. Okay, well, okay. In general, <laughs> here's the thing too: is that I don't even remember what their subtitles are. There's like there's Star Trek. There's Star and Trek, then, then there's Star Trek Into Darkness, and okay, then that's Star that's Trek the con ripoff. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And then beyond is with uh, Idris Elba. Okay. So yes. in in order of me liking these, I'm gonna have to go one, three, two. Uh, oh, really? You like you like Beyond more than Into Darkness? So uh, I I don't yeah. want to be super judgy and mean, but I just I I did not like Into Darkness. It's it's a bad con ripoff. It's just it. I did not like it at all. I just felt like it, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't there. There was no oomph in it. And I think even J.J. Abrams says in a commentary, he's like, he was kind of burnt on it. He was just throwing in like a shit ton of lens flare. He was moving on to Star Wars and he just, he didn't put his all into it. And I, yeah, he he phoned it in. Yeah. Yeah. They, they phoned in a a con ripoff. It's interesting. I think I like, I I liked Into Darkness more than Beyond, but I I feel like each one, it started really good and each one has gotten a little bit 
less as we've gone. So I'm not thrilled about the fact that they announced a four, but I'm probably still I'm surprised see that it. they even they're still under contract because I mean, fuck, uh, Zoe Saldana's got you know Marvel, and then she's got Guardians, got yeah. Avatar. Yeah, is like the fact does she have some sort of thing in her deal? Yeah, where that's okay. Yeah, or they yeah. just offered him enough money to come back. Let's exactly. See. There we go. Right. Well, I mean, we'll see how it goes. They're only writing, and it, so it, it could fall apart for all we yeah, know. And, and Beyond made money. I mean, it made almost $350 yeah, million. Dollars. I mean, that's not something to sneeze at. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I think hardcore fans kind of bucked them a little bit um, just because it's not a canon. And again, you know, it's it's a show that's been on for over 50 years. People are pretty, like, head deep into, into Star Trek. Well, see, it felt to me like Trekkies were totally into it until he it was announced that he was going to do Star Wars, and then y'all got butt hurt. Oh, I don't care if it is Star Wars. Oh, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't care. I don't know. Whatever. It seemed no, like I, all of a sudden everybody turned on him. It, it no, seemed no. like that. Maybe that's let's let's just do a separate episode of the three of us complaining about <laughs> shit. That, yeah, uh, about alternate timeline stuff. And, yeah, that's that's a bigger discussion to okay. to have. We can I'm beat up this for. horse to death. I have no problem doing that. Yeah. yeah, We can always do it when we actually get to the J.J. Abrams movies anyways, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to fit that in. Yeah, and we probably will. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, oh, <laughs> we will. It'll, it'll be a while, but we will. Um, okay, well, that's it. I don't want to drag anyone, our, our listeners, out too much longer. Although uh, I will say I wouldn't mind seeing a Quentin Tarantino directed yeah, that would, would be, be that would be really interesting. If they could interesting. swear, it would be an R. <laughs> it would have to be an R. Oh, it, God, it would have to be an R. But I'm kind of, it's weird. I, I, Is he even a fan of Star Trek or he was just like, oh, I'm just going to do this? I don't he know. wanted to. He he pitched an idea to Paramount and uh, and JJ. So, yeah. I Aren't they making both? I, I heard he, because he just kind of does his own shit, anyway, but he needs the licensing. He can't just make it though, right? I don't know. I I don't know if somebody, the last I think I heard was somebody else was going to write it, but based on Tarantino's idea, and then Tarantino was going to direct. No, is, I think, well, with Star Trek 4, I don't remember his, his name, so oh, I apologize. Oh, for 4, I don't know. Yeah, but for 4, it's the guy who created Fargo and Legion, or like kind of show, show ran those shows. Um, okay. Yeah, but for Tarantino's, I have no clue. No, that I don't know if it'll ever happen or not, but it sounds really interesting. So probably not. Who knows? But eh. yeah. okay, um, that's it for me. Thank you for listening to the Nerd Trek podcast. Uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, everybody. Yep. So you can send us an email at nerdtrekpodcast. Oh, sorry. Com if you want to uh, get get mad <laughs> at us about something there. or say something we did awesome. <laughs> Um, you can also go to nerdtrekpodcast.com. All of our social medias are there. You got links to our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram and stuff, which we just did some giveaways on and they're going out. Thanks, Jeff, for that. Uh, as well as our new logo and stickers. Thanks, Phil, for that. Um, but yes, and then give us a five-star rating and review. We're on Stitcher. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Podomatic. Um, we'll read it out over the air, possibly, if it's good, just like we did with the ones today. So thank you very much. And come and come and send us information send us quotes send us comments send us things (laughs) talk to us we're bored all right okay (laughs) thanks everybody thanks everybody